I better hit record. I probably should have sound checked too. I'm a little stoned and I have COVID. Fingers crossed, people. See, sometimes you got to open a Dropbox email <laughs> and you kind of stall, kind of stall the whole goddamn show. But uh, yeah, so we just got back from uh, California. See why fest. I don't know why this won't open on my phone right now, but just got back from CY Fest. It was a great time, and uh, we went to Universal Studios California, Nintendo World. We're going to be talking all about that in this show. Now, I was trying to start off the show with a new track from uh, Terroristic Threat coming out of Texas, but it will not open. It won't open. So we're going to have to play something else. Ah, I think we got it. And we got it. Good thing. See, you don't give up. You don't give up on your dreams. All right, here's Terroristic Threat with a new one coming out of Texas. There are places that I don't like to play. I'll never play McAllen, Texas again. You guys suck. All right, so that was new from Terroristic Threat. And uh, I am Andrew Bedlam. You're listening to Pogo City Radio. Kind of got off to a bumpy start there, but uh, we can edit it out in the podcast. For some reason, I, I think I thought I was hitting record on the podcast, like on the, the Reaper file, and I hit like go live on Facebook, and I was not like ready. <laughs> I was not ready at all. And then uh, Marco, who I met at 40 Fest in Atlanta earlier this year in January, he had sent me a new track. I believe that's called Valley Punks. And uh, I was trying to get it open in Dropbox and Facebook. He sent it to me a messenger. It just would not open. I was copying and pasting the link. It wouldn't. And then I just started rapidly clicking it. And it finally fucking opened. And then I got a text message. I think it was actually Marco saying he was going to share the show. So, so it's, it's, it's both of our faults. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, we were just in California. It was insane. It was a great time. We're going to be talking about it a bunch. I have some stuff. I, I have it in chronological order, kind of, like what we did, like day one, day two, day three. 
But uh, I guess, and that's that's how that's how we're gonna do it. That's how we're gonna do. It. We're just gonna start off with day one. So we were out there for CY Fest. I mean, if you listen to the show, you already know this. So uh, me, Renee, and Jess had the same flight, but you know, a bunch of all our friends and everyone were out there from uh, Tamar and Jason and Ashley and you know, Blanks was playing. So all of them and Thora and Julie. Uh, no Johnny. Mike's husband, Johnny, did not come, but uh, it was a real good time. We got out. Larry and Aaron were with us a bunch, too, uh, the parasitics. But me, Thora, Chad, Renee, and Jess, we all had um, this spot called the Ziggy, and it was on the Sunset Strip. All right, so it was a hotel, but it was not at all like a hotel. It was more like a... It was a hotel, but it was fancy as shit. You know what I mean? It was cool. It wasn't fancy. It was super cool. Like, there was, there was, uh, like, I, I made some reels on Facebook. Like, they had a bunch of flyers all over the walls, like, from David Bowie to Blondie to the Runaways to the Misfits to Wu-Tang to Biggie to Motorhead to Stevie Ray Vaughan. And then they had all these, like, statues like of like guitars and like they were made out of like I don't know like weird they weren't like stone it was like bent pieces of metal and stuff and there was like a statue of like a person like bent back playing guitar on their knees and they had like this like little showcase cabinet with like a a Schecter guitar research bass and some like Guns N' Roses promo shit and some like Beatles records and stuff. And they had like records and CDs and shit hanging from the ceiling and stuff. So it was just cool like that. And it was um, very 60s themed. And like there would be like a courtyard in the center, if you will, but it was an outdoor pool. So you got, you're surrounded by hotel rooms. So you got four walls around you, the pool deck, but it's open up top and it's all the bedrooms of the hotel. So it was real cool because it was like I looked up and there was a skyscraper with like a big ass Instagram ad on it and it had like a New York City feel to it. But then like my hotel reminded me of the hotel because it was 60s themed that I had in like Florida. You know what I mean? So it was like I had Florida and New York together, but it was just LA. Like it was real cool. We were on Sunset Boulevard. We were directly across the street from the comedy store. And uh, if you guys are into stand up comedy, you probably know what that is. Mincy Shore, Paulie Shore's mom, owned it. And it's like this legendary club that anybody who's anybody came up at and played at and the outside of the building just has all like signatures on it from like Jerry Seinfeld to Steve Harvey to Eddie Murphy to Chris Rock to Dave Chappelle to Carlin to Kennison, you know what I mean? So we went into the OR, the original room, and we saw a bunch of comics, and we're, we're getting there, and I am pumped. At first, like, Renee doesn't know what's going on, and she's like, are we really going to a comedy club? Me, Tamar, Jason, Jess, we're pumped, but then Renee had a blast. And um, so we're going in, and it's like, oh, it's a $30 cover. I'm like, oh, that's actually, that ain't bad. There's a bunch of comics, and um, it's, it's LA. I thought it would be even more, you know? And um, so I pay for me, Renee, and Jess, and uh, it's a two-drink minimum. But there's five, well, there's a shit ton of comics. We stay for like five, right? And we knew several of them, like the Scalera Brothers 
and uh, Sebastian, the Italian guy, Sebastian Moniscoli, or whatever the fuck his name is. Now, I wish, I got to look it up. I was trying to when we left, but it was already off the site, and they were promoting the next day. The two guys that opened were awesome, and we had never heard of them. But four out of the five comedy, because it was actually six people, because the Scalera brothers are like a team. Uh, but four out of the five acts, actually, I think all of them, but four out of the five acts really interacted with our group. We were sat right at the stage, and you know, we look punk rock, and like it wasn't—it wasn't like I had my mohawk spiked or anything. But you know, Tamar's got like bright red hair, and everybody had studs, you know, and uh, just stuff like that. And uh, we were right at the stage. And also, when the first guy came out, he was funny as shit. The room was packed; people were still getting seated, but like they weren't really laughing. And like we weren't just like bullshit. And like the guy was funny; we were laughing and clapping. So. He's walking over to us, and he's like, yeah, they get it. So, like, and then he starts riffing on us, but every comic riffed on us. Uh, not everyone, but, like, four of them did for quite a while, and it was funny because one dude, he just came up to us, and he was like, wow, look at you guys. You guys are a band or something, huh? He was like, and we're like, uh, well, yeah, some of us are in bands. And he was like, are you guys at a show or something? And we were like, yeah, yeah, we're at a show. And he goes, is anybody playing the show? And I was like, yeah, Renee's playing the show. And uh, the dude's like, well, well, where are you playing? And I said, the Blasco. And he goes, the, the Blasco? Holy shit, that place is pretty big. I wish I could get a gig at the Blasco. He was like, damn, who is in our presence right now? And right then... Our waitress brings our drinks, and it's literally all of us got the exact same drink. And he's talking about us, and he's like, wait a second, you guys all have the exact same drink? Are you guys all drinking the exact same drink? He was like, what am I, in a parallel universe? And blah, 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 but he's going on. And then the uh, next comedian came out, and he, uh, he says, I forget how he phrased it. He just said, like, key bump or something like that. And we giggled, and he said, these people know what I mean. You people party. None of these other people know what a key bump is. And then this dude just starts riffing with us about doing coke for like five minutes. And he's like, yeah, I know you motherfuckers. He's like, you guys, you guys are the type that just stand up right at the urinal and break out the key bump and just do it right there in front of everybody, huh? He was like, you guys are doing coke in the bathroom right now, aren't you? <laughs> but uh, yeah. It was it was real funny, and uh, when Sebastian, uh, the Italian dude, came out, he um, he interacted with me a little, but not to the extent that like the other people did. Like the other people were flat out riffing on us, but he was like he started talking about Universal, and I clapped, and he was like, "Oh no, no, see, I did not feel like this guy here." <laughs> Because he was going on, like, some depressing, like, kill me now rant. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, then this, uh, this, this, like, bald dude came out. And uh, it, it wasn't Bill Burr, but he had kind of that I'm a, uh, I'm a, like, a, a pricky white guy and things aggravate me. Like, that's his, his act. You know what I mean? And, um... By this time, people were a little bit drunker, especially Jason. And so literally all the comics were, they were just coming up to us and talking. And they say when you get in the room, they're like, don't heckle. You can interact if they interact with you. But, and they all did interact with us. Then this bald guy comes out, and he's talking. And um, 
he asks Tamara a question, and she answers it. And then he asked her a second question. And I knew, and Tamar knew, when she went to answer it, he interrupted her. He was like, all right, lady, all right, enough, enough. He was joking, but Jason, I don't think, thought he was joking. And the staff at the club didn't think he was joking because Jason got a little pissed off. And then the staff came over, and they were telling Tamar that she like couldn't interact unless they were interacting. And we were like, uh, everyone has interacted with us, and he just interacted with her. But then we got our bill, and it was $410 for 10 drinks. So it was a $30 cover that I thought was so fair. Two drink minimum, $410. Now we drank doubles, which I guess technically means our first round would have been enough to cover the two drink minimum. And that still would have been $205, $410. But yo, what sucks was it ended like that because me and Jess both agreed. Like that was one of the most fun we ever had. Like it was both of our birthdays right in between it. My birthday, September 4th. Hers, August 28th. I'm 51 weeks older than her. I'm September 4th, 87. She's uh, August 28th, 88. So her birthday comes before mine in the calendar year, but I'm older than her. So it was like right in between our birthdays, and the whole trip was uh, like a whole birthday thing, and then Renee took us to Universal for like a birthday thing. And um, so it was, but me and Jess, it was like a blast. Like I always wanted to go to a comedy club. I've been watching stand-up like all my life. Like I was like a kid when Comedy Central was coming out with like Comedy Central Presents and Premium Blend. And I always watched all that shit. And I always wanted to get like heckled by the comedian. And it happened like four times. It was great. But uh, we had a blast. We were all dying like it was one of the best times we ever had and then it ended all negatively but not even really but it kind of just put a damper on it but it was like it was so much fun so that was the first night and then we went out to the rainbow we were gonna go to the whiskey of course but you know pogo goes west first time ever right we're gonna go to the whiskey and the rainbow and yeah there's a band playing at the whiskey we thought there might be and there would be a cover, but who is it? Let's go see. We go out to the left coast and fucking Winger, Winger is playing at the whiskey. And we were like, yeah, so we're not going to the whiskey. And uh, yeah, so uh, Winger, if you don't know. So Beavis and Butthead, right? Winger, that like Christian 80s hair metal band. But uh Beavis and Butthead, they would wear like an ACDC and a Metallica shirt. And the kid, I can't think of his name, the kid that they hated, like the nerdy kid that they would like, was like a dork. He always wore the winger shirt. What was it, Stuart? I think his name might have been Stuart. He wore the winger shirt. But uh, yeah, so then we went to the Rainbow, and uh, we were all pretty drunk by then. And uh, Rude Girl Jess was like falling asleep, and there was the time change, and it was like, it was like, you know, 2 a.m. there. And it was then whatever time it would be at our place, like 5. And uh, Jess usually falls asleep at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, we went to the Rainbow for a little, checked it out, saw some, like, cover band, had a drink, hung out by the Lemmy statue, walked up and down Sunset Strip a bunch, and then went back to uh, the hotel, the Ziggy. But uh, yeah, we were there for CY Fest, and the pre-show 
was the next day, so why don't we play one of the bands that was uh, playing the pre-show, and we are going to get to the erections up next. It was funny. I got COVID, and I was like, everyone has COVID, and I was dead this morning. I was super, 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 super sick this morning, and then I just like took like two a leave, and now like I feel fine. Like I almost feel guilty for not going to work, but I'm definitely super sick. But uh, so I decided to come up here and do this. But uh, it, while I'm like half passed out, sick and asleep, I just remembered Jess going, "Yeah, I'm showing Ava, my daughter, my nine-year-old. I'm showing Ava the erections." And I was like, "The fuck did she just say?" She was like, "I'm showing Ava the erections," and I was like. I know she means the band erections, but I don't like what I'm hearing <laughs> right now, Jessica. But yeah, I was a little too uh, sedated still at that time to even say that. But uh, we're going to get to the erections. Got to see them twice this weekend. And uh, actually got to play with them at We Are The Punks in Florida a few years back when COVID Start it. The day we flew out, Florida declared a state of emergency while we were in the air. And now we all just came back from California with COVID. All right, we're going to get to uh, stupid punk the erections up next on Pogo.
Hey, Sean, I, I hate to uh, correct your memory, but you weren't there at the comedy club or the first night. You were at the Rainbow. Yes, we waited for Sean to get to the Rainbow, but he wasn't there the first day. He's in the comments yelling at me for not talking about him. But he wasn't there. <laughs> he got there. He had a later flight. But on day two... Um, yeah, that was the erections, by the way. I was eating goldfish. But uh, I <laughs> feel like I'm the only one who didn't get the Rona. So, yeah, but you didn't get it because you had it first. You probably gave it to all of us, patient zero. But, uh, yeah, I got, a, uh, I got a virus from Mike Virus. Is that, is that like getting an autograph? You know what I mean? It was funny. He was on stage. And I hear uh, me, we're all sitting there watching cheap sex. And he just said, man... This COVID is kicking my ass. And I was like, does Mike Virus have COVID? And I looked at Jess. I said, oh, we all have COVID. <laughs> and apparently he had it like a week earlier or something. But I know Sean had it a couple days earlier as well. So because uh, I told him to come over and do like a pogo show. But he uh, he was like, I have COVID. And I laughed my ass off. I was like, who gets COVID nowadays? But uh, apparently there's like a big outbreak thing, a new strain, and we have it. And I feel drugged. My eyes, I can see in the camera, they look glassy as shit. I look like I was doing uh, some, uh, like some uh, real bad stuff. But uh, yeah, why don't we play another track before we talk about day two. On day two, we got to hang out with Ricardo. No, we didn't. We didn't get to hang out with Ricardo till day three. Got to keep it in order. We're going to play Broken Cuffs. Then we're going to talk about day two. Before we talk about day three, here's these boots coming out of Palmdale like Afro Man.
All right, the Broken Cups right there. Now we got to uh, meet Matt, who listens to the show a bunch. We got to meet him this weekend. He's in the comments now, talking about 40 Fest. So he found the Broken Cups at 40 Fest last year. But uh, yeah, it was fun. We got to meet a bunch of people. Uh, it's always fun when we like go wherever and we can meet like people who like listen to the show or whatever. We got to meet a bunch of people this time. I know. So let's see. I'm gonna feel bad because I'm gonna forget some people. So who did we meet for like the first time? We met Matt and his girlfriend, and we met um, someone named Sean, who was very excited to meet Four Dollar Sean, <laughs> the two Shauns, and Carlos, and uh, then I'd l Darren. I think it was from Seattle, Washington, and we went down and saw the erections. We saw the erections, yes, together, and uh, went in the pit. We jumped up and down with the erections. No, no, but uh, yeah, it was a good time. And then, um, I don't know, somebody else came up to us and was uh, with a blonde mohawk. I don't think I got their name. It was funny though, somebody saw my stabs tattoo and they were like, is that a Mike Blanks in the stabs tattoo? And I was like, yup. <laughs> but uh, no, but uh, that was more, that was at the actual fest. But before the fest, we, um, on day two of our trip, we started out and I really wanted to go to Venice, Rude Gr Venice Beach, Rude Girl Jess, used to live there, like right on the boardwalk, right um, like a mile down from the skate shop. And uh, so we were going to go to Venice Beach, and we did. And uh, I, so this is what it is. Some, some general comments on California as a whole. Now, first of all, I had an absolute blast. It was gorgeous. It was fun, OK? Uh, I, I, I would live there in a second, OK? It ain't that different from the Jersey Shore people. I feel all them ways about the Jersey Shore. And don't give me this dry heat bullshit. Dry heat, take that dry heat and shove it up your fucking ass. It was humid as fuck. It was all anyone was talking about was how ungodly humid it was. Fuck that dry heat. You want to know the ocean? It was very nice. I loved walking through the sand, and I recorded it, and then that water hit my feet, and it was fucking freezing. I was, I was, in, I was in Seaside fucking three weeks earlier, and I was like, oh, God. It was like, I'm not going to lie and say it was the exact same temperature. It, it was maybe three, four degrees warmer, like a minute amount warmer. And... Uh, it didn't, like, one thing that was different in Jersey would probably be all trash, but there was bad, like, clams and oysters and seaweed. Like, it looked like it was trash. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, oh, it's not trash. But overall, it was gorgeous. But being a kid from the East Coast, just got to keep it real with you motherfuckers. It, it's, it's not that different. Oh, and here's another thing. I was totally looking to see some West Coast sunset. You don't see them because it's smog as fuck, dude. Oh, and it also rained twice while we were there. I heard it never rains in California. I heard it's never hot, that it's a dry heat. I heard the ocean is warm. 
None of these things were true. Nonetheless, gorgeous, had a blast. Like I said, I would move there in a heartbeat, but I would move to Seaside in a heartbeat, and it's not that goddamn different. And the thing that was funny was, like, for example, I bought this magnet in Seaside that said, uh, home is where the beach is, Seaside Heights, New Jersey, right? While I was there, I could have got, and it's on like a surfboard shape, uh, while I was in Venice, I could have got one that said, home is where the beach is, Venice Beach, California. Everything they had in Seaside, they had in Venice Beach, down to our, our iHeart slut shirts that we got, all the Barbie stuff, like all the shirts that they make at those little stands, they had all the exact same shirts. They had um, all the same shaped magnets. They just said California instead of New Jersey. And we were dying because we all noticed it right away. It was cool. It's not an actual boardwalk. Like in Jersey, you know, it's like wood, like a deck. They have like a black top, but dude went to Muscle Beach, mad cool. The building's set up like a giant dumbbell. Uh, it was crazy. I showed it to Jimmy and Lexi, and you know they're they're two you know two two lifters. They're like they lift. She's a personal trainer, and uh, Jimmy's all types of jacked up. And Lexi's fucking more jacked up. Lexi's my bodyguard. If you if I have any problems with anybody, I'm sending a Lexi after you. She's going to crush you with those thighs. But <laughs> I feel safe when I'm with Lexi. But uh, fucking, um, yeah, we went to Muscle Beach. It was fucking cool. It was, I will say, though, there was no, like, hot women working out. There was, like, one woman that was, like, my mother's age and, like, a bunch of older dudes. But, yeah, it was mad cool. I wouldn't have wanted to work out in that humid-ass, not-dry-heat fucking place outside but uh, it is cool I mean it's right on the beach so they got like a rubber tile floor and uh, but like that's on top of the sand and like you know the palm trees are all right there in the the ocean and it's cool because you're like allowed to spray paint these couple of walls and like the trees have like people painted on them like I've never really taken pictures of dumpsters before but they have mad cool graffiti on the dumpsters I didn't even realize I was taking a picture of a dumpster until Jess was like yo that's a dumpster but uh, it, was, it was mad cool and like the skate park going there and like it was like the level of Tony Hawk like in, um, what is it, the second one, I think it's Tony Hawk, the second Tony Hawk pro skater, they have Venice Beach, and it's got all the graffiti and those weird fucking giant concrete, they look like cones, they're like 12 feet tall, what the fuck are those things? They were in the level in Tony Hawk, and they're all over the sand there, and they're all tagged up, I have no idea what their purpose is, but uh, yeah, Venice Beach was so cool, I'm thinking I wanna, I think we're gonna go, to Venice Beach next year, like, instead of Seaside, just go fly. I was looking at tickets. There's $172 for, like, round trip. I was like, I'm down. Oh, and while we're talking about it, I remember when I was booking my flight, and, like, I thought the Spirit planes looked cool because they were they were black and yellow, and it looked awesome, like my Doc Martens. And I was like, I want to fly on those planes. And they were cheap. And I did. And then, like, all I ever hear is people talk shit on Spirit Airlines. And, like, all the, like, stand-up comics and all the late-night people, they always talk shit. And people I know, they roll their eyes. They were like, you wanted to take Spirit? Yo, when I was on Spirit, we had Wi-Fi. We had live TV. I was watching, um, the, I was watching like, a preseason football game. Or, no, it was a playoff game. I was watching a playoff game when we landed. And um, then, like, I had... Um, 
what else did we have? We had like like mad like uh, free food, like snacks, not free food, but snacks. Dude, American Airlines was late. It had none of this. Our flight got delayed. They didn't even have screens. The, the, the one plane, we had to change planes on the way back because our plane got struck by lightning, and that's how we got delayed. But uh, the first plane was real beat. It was the biggest plane I was ever on, but it had like no new school technology whatsoever. It had like no screens of any kind. All it had was like a little holder to like stick your cell phone in the back of the headrest. And like I'm just saying, when I was on Spirit, we had free Wi-Fi, we had free TV, and um, you know, uh, we had a bunch of the free snacks. They had some free snacks in America. They had, they gave us like a little bag of Gordettos, but uh, they had more on Spirit. And uh, yeah, but yeah, fuck all that. Spirit Airlines kicks ass. I think all you guys just fucking jump on the bandwagon and hear people talking shit on Spirit Airlines because they were way cooler than United. I said American. I meant United. I've been doing that the whole time because I'm a dumbass because I think United States and then I say American. But we were on United, not American. God damn. I'm sick and I'm stoned. I'm sick and I'm stoned. Now, I received a record in the mail and I think the band is from Germany and uh, they're called like Uber flucing. Uber flucing. And uh, we're going to get to them up next. I'm going to play something off their Spotify because I don't feel like dropping the needle on the record, but I can't say. It's, it's a bitch doing it on the show, and they have it on Spotify. So, But it's niche die norm, I think. We're listening to Uber flucing. They sent us a record from, I believe, Germany, somewhere out in the UK. Here's Nietzsche die norm, I believe. <laughs>
Flusing. Now you can find their stuff on all streaming platforms. I uh, tag them in this episode. It's spelt like the car company Uber, U-B-E-R-F-L-U-S-S-I-G. But uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Very European, of course. But uh, yeah, so uh, we went to the pre-show. God damn it. Okay, my mic stand just committed suicide. But uh, <laughs> I saved the mic. But uh, we after Venice Beach, why, uh, well, while we were there, I went to the skate shop and just for my birthday got me this awesome ass Ramones deck. So I'm in there and I've been wanting a skateboard. I go back and forth because like I used to skate as a kid and I still could like I'll jump on a skateboard and do an ollie or like get a heel flip but not land it like if I stood on a skateboard right now like I could jump up and like rotate the board but like I probably wouldn't land on the board but like I could ollie high as shit probably too but like I uh I even was skateboarding when I was like you know like 22 or so and like but that was like 14 years ago now and so uh but like especially when the tony hawk game came back out a couple years ago like i really wanted to start skating and like we were at the skate shop and everything and i was like i want to buy that blind deck and i was like i want to go drop in on that quarter pipe i could do that i could go kick turn and then i could no stall and maybe i could drop in fakie Maybe, maybe I break my fucking arm and then I wouldn't be able to play bass and guitar. And then I'm like, because oh. I'm just thinking about like when we were going skating with our kids and somebody came on the fucking court and I fucking fell and fucked up my arm. And like, I was pissed because like, it was hard as shit to play guitar and I was lucky. I just remember going, nah, it just hurts because I broke my arm in that exact, the cops did actually, my arm in that exact spot before and I was like, oh wait, that's very bad. That means it's probably broken again. But like, I just immobilized it and it was fine after a couple days. Got lucky, but like, I don't want to be skateboarding and not be able to play guitar because I was a dumbass. So what I did was I saw this Rocket to Russia board and um, it was all black and pink with black and pink trucks. And the wheels are the Ramon seal, like they're white wheels. But on the front, it's like printed with black and white, like the presidential seal with all their names. It's fucking awesome. So I got that, and I'm going to hang it up. And our boy, Ricardo, from the Broken Cuffs, gave me this awesome ass, like, Ramon's old tour flyer. It's like a newspaper material, probably from like a fanzine. So I'm going to hang that up with it. I have some rock and roller coaster Aerosmith drumsticks. Should throw that up there too. But um, yeah, we got out to the pre-show and a lot of the same bands. It was at this separate bar in East LA. So now we were in kind of a different atmosphere. And uh, that place was packed 10,000 degrees. Uh, got to catch the Davachkas there with JJ. That would be the first time I caught them there. I bought, um, was that the first time I saw the Davachkas at all now that I think about it? I guess it, I guess. Have I never seen the Davachkas? Wow, I don't think I've ever saw the Davachkas before this weekend. Okay, I guess I never saw them with Stephanie, did I? I thought I did, but I don't think I did now that I think about it. But uh, yeah, no, I never saw the Davachkas, huh? I didn't even realize that. They did a re-record 
And I bought that shit because I wanted to show support. And I was like, ah, oh, it's on CD. And then after I had already bought the CD, I then saw that there was a 7-inch, and I was pissed because I would have way rather <laughs> the 7-inch. But, um, yeah, it's cool that they uh, are doing stuff. And they don't... God damn it. Now, I bought... I did buy the new CD. It's a uh, re-record of Live Fast, Die Young, but I don't have it up here with me, and I can't play it for that reason. But I did buy it. I didn't get it given to me. I didn't steal it. I bought it and showed support, and you should too. But uh, why don't we play some Devachkas? Uh We will play Ship for Dreams. Yeah, so I really caught uh, the Devotchkas, the Erections, Blanks, of course, and uh, we were hanging out out back. That place was packed. It was so fucking hot, inside and outside. But uh, And dude, that pre-show was packed, because think about it. The Blasco probably, I mean, the Sherman Theater holds like 1,300, and the Blasco's a little bigger than that. I'd say maybe it's maybe 500 people bigger than that. So, like, it's close to, like, 2,000 people, probably. And, like, so everybody, of course, wants to go to the free show, but that place don't hold that many people. So it's packed in, like, sardines. Not that there was 2,000 people at the free show but Jesus Christ, you got to see the video that rude girl just posted on her Facebook of the virus doing heroes. You got to see this fucking crowd. It looks like Woodstock. And uh, fucking awesome. You, it was really cool to be there. Uh, that's th Let's get to the main show. And like, so before we got to the main show, we met up with Ricardo and we went to like this like gourmet hot dog place. Now, you know, me with a stomach and all that. It, like, I ain't eating heavy before I do anything. But uh, people thought it was real good. They had all these different kinds of, uh, any kind of sausage, hot dog you could think of, from, like, vegan to beef to chicken to turkey 
to beans to like sausage to whatever. And um, they had, I think they only had beer though. And uh, we had some crazy good weed. I love the weed shops there. And uh, I was getting this King Pen weed and it had like the King of Diamonds or some shit on it. And um, I was loving them. It was, now I'm a dabs type guy. And pens, I smoke them because they're convenient when I'm at shows, but they don't get me uh, nowhere near as high. And, uh, but these pens, and like they were the highest I've ever gotten. I was getting this blue dream across the street from my hotel. It was 93.1. Now, I remember I've gotten some uh, crystal uh, diamond dabs from Jersey, and they were like 90. One five ninety one point five percent I want to say, and these are the things I sent a picture to Jason without context, and it looked like crystal meth. I didn't even real like I didn't even think of this, but I send him a picture of this this dabs that is just like a glass rock, and Jason just writes back, dude, I'm not down with meth, <laughs> but that was the highest shit I ever got before that. Now this wasn't dabs, it was a pen, but um, this ninety three. Shit, it was mad good, but we got to the show after we went out to eat, went for a walk around downtown and everything, and uh, we got to the show, we met up, and uh, I guess the first person we really met was John from the Dog Face Bastards. They were opening up the downstairs stage. I had to let Sean off before I parked. I was like, we're going to be late, because like, it's not traffic is not at all the same. I expected L.A. to be like, see, like I drive Uber, I used to, in like Manhattan, like, and Newark, like, when I'd be, like, when you're coming down Canal Street in Manhattan up to the Holland Tunnel, like, you can be stuck there for an hour and a half, just like, just like moving three inches at a time and stopping and people trying to cut you off and people running out in front of you. And there are cops everywhere there are cops everywhere in new york city i see multiple cops on every road walking the streets standing on the corner at the parks in cars everywhere dude i saw barely any cops in la the fierce evil lapd i saw barely any cops okay now okay in the beginning we were hanging out in a rich thing you know we were like west hollywood beverly hills you know well also across the street from our first hotel was where kevin hart would shoot the um real husbands of hollywood the the parody show and um they would go to eat at this place i recognized it instantly but um traffic in la it was like it was more like suburban like it was just like the lights took forever and you would move a block at a time. It wasn't at all like New York, but it still took forever. So I dropped Sean off in front of the, the place. I'm like, run in, because you're gonna, one of us needs to see the dog face bastards, because I know I gotta like pay for parking and get the guitar and, you know, do all that shit. And like, it was real legit. So, like, even like, we just had to like go to the window and, give our names and get bracelets and do all that. So Sean, he was just general admission. So I was like, you got a ticket, dude, just run in because we're going to be a while. And he was able to run in. I caught like one song. I think uh, Sean caught more because he went in a good 20 minutes before me. And uh, we met John at the end and uh, he introduced us to a couple people. And uh, why don't we play? 
the Dog Face Bastards, and we'll talk about all the bands we got to see. There were many, but uh, this is a um, a local uh, California band, L.A., I guess, Dog Face Bastards. We knew them from... Um, like Instagram initially and just like sharing shit about the show but uh yeah it was fun to get to meet John I know he listens to the show a bunch we got dog face bastards up next bounce on my pogo stick Go give them a follow on Spotify, Dog Face Bastards. I said, God damn, motherfucker can't breathe. But uh, yeah, Dog Face Bastards on Pogo City Radio. Now, um, after that, I wish I had. Now, Thora made, Chad's wife, made um, like laminated schedules. Set list times that were very useful, especially because so many bands were overlapping. And I meant to bring it up here. I'm seeing if I have it like laying around because it would be much easier to do this if I did. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, we were. It was real cool. They had apparently three merch areas. I was only able to find two. There was a balcony. I saw the virus from the balcony and the unseen, which was good because uh, like Jess was like passed out for like some of it, like couldn't move, so I could lay her in the benches of the balcony, and I was sitting at like the front of the balcony with Sean, and we were having our own little pogo party at the, the bottom of the balcony, and uh, singing all the unseen because Sean wanted to see um, whoever was downstairs at the time, but like it was, um, I think it was Monster Squad, but I got to catch Monster Squad as well. Like, so the way I, I was staggering sets, like I had a plan, especially once Thor gave me the schedule. It was like, like, okay, so after 
after Blanks. So Blanks played the main stage, and um, it was it was good. I was hanging out on the side helping Renee get set up, and then it was good because I could just get I could go because I was like on stage, so I could just go through the security rail, and I was right up front then, and Ricardo was right there. So we went to the middle of the stage, and uh, me, Ricardo, Sean. And uh, Jess watched the whole blank set, and we had a blast hanging out with uh, one of the guitars players from uh, Corrupted Youth, and uh, it was good hanging out with Ricardo, watching the set. And then um, after Blanks, I believe <coughs> it was the Davachkas, so um, it was packed for them. Saw um, they had a real good set. Was watching them for a while, more in the back. I wasn't in the balcony, but I was more in the back of the lower section for the Davachkas. And um, I think after the Davachkas was probably cheap sex, and we were in the, the same area over by the bar in the uh, lower section, we were going, actually for cheap sex, we went up a little bit more towards the middle for uh, like towards the heart of the crowd for like half the set. And then um, it was the virus, and um, the virus was insane. That place looked like it was gonna fall down. I'm telling you to go look at the video. I'm gonna post it too. It was insane. The floor was just moving when the virus was playing because I got the video from the balcony, point it downwards, and I was zooming up on the band and catching the crowd. It was insane. Packed like sardines, the whole floor jumping up and down. After that, it was The Unseen. Now, um, The Unseen played a lot of new stuff. Sean went down, it was great. I got to see The Unseen's anniversary show, and um, they played so much old stuff. We talked about it in previous episodes. Go listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. But so I figured, I've seen The Unseen many times. I know they play a lot of the last two albums. and um, But they did play, so this is Freedom, Live in Fear. Those are some of my favorites. They played um, Are We Dead Yet? They played um, uh, whatever song Trip sang on um, Explode. He only sang a few and uh, Paul only sang Tsunami Suicide on that album, but they didn't do, they played a couple of the Paul songs, Are We Dead Yet's yeah, a Paul song. But uh, yeah, so I saw a bunch of the Unseen set, but then I went downstairs for Monster Squad, which I was totally pumped for. I fucking love Monster Squad. When that album, Strength Through Pain, came out, whatever year it was, I want to say like, 03, 04, it was without a doubt my favorite album of the year. I thought that album was an instant classic. They were my favorite band, that like my favorite like current band at that time, like when I was getting out of high school. And um, I've seen them, I saw them on the uh, Punks Unite tour with the Casualties and the Lower Class Brats in Irvington uh, back in the day, uh, like, you know, same time period, like 2002 or so. And uh, it was fucking great. I heard a bunch of my favorite songs. I absolutely loved the first album. They they played um, like Death and Destruction, Strength Through Pain, fucking um, the I Don't Believe in Destiny, um, all the ones I wanted to hear. I did not hear Switchblade Kids. I didn't catch the whole set, but I did not hear Switchblade Kids. I heard like literally every other song I wanted to hear though. We also caught uh, Tulsa Doom before them and um, in the basement. And uh, the we saw the Erections in the basement. That's where we were hanging out 
with Jaron, and um, I'm trying to think of what else happened in the basement. While I think of it, why? Uh, they played uh, We Don't Fuck Around, Nihilistic, I think I remember hearing, but goddamn, that first album was good. We're going to play Destiny, though, because I really like that one. Here's No Destiny, Monster Squad. Yo, the drums on that whole album. Oh my God, the drums on that album. Fucking Monster Squad. I think they're from San Diego, I want to say. Maybe it's LA. I don't fucking know. California. But yeah, that release, Strength Through Pain, was on Charged Records. One of my favorite albums. God damn, I've been listening to that album like crazy. I fucking love that album when it came out. It says 04 on Spotify. So that was my last year of high school. But yeah, fucking loved that album, they played great. They sounded great. It sounded just like that. They'd be ringing out all the feedback and the long pick scratches. And fucking, it was fucking great. They sounded awesome. They sounded really good. And um, I think after that, we went upstairs and saw the skeptics. And uh, a bunch of people were at Motel 6 while we were at the Ziggy. 
Mike and Sean and Larry and all them, and they were hanging out with the skeptics all night, and um, I hung out with them a little bit the next day, um, like in the green room. It was funny. I was sitting there, and they were like talking to Mike, and they were just like reminiscing about the night before, and like the one dude saying something, and like Mike's looking at me like. What did he say, like, to translate? And I'm like, I can't understand a goddamn word any of them are saying. I, I, dude, apparently they're English, but they sounded like Wadi to me. I couldn't understand a goddamn word. It was funny. Jimmy is English, I believe, and he was saying that they sounded totally fine to him and he could understand them. And all of us were like, dude, they're, like, inaudible for us. Like, I couldn't make out a goddamn word they were saying. <laughs> but uh, they seemed very nice. I showed them where the bathroom was, and they were grateful. But, <laughs> yeah, because the one bathroom broke, and then they had to go to the other bathroom. But uh, for, and so there was dressing room doors with, like, band names on them, and then the one that said the unseen was the toilet. <laughs> but why don't we play the unseen up next, love me some unseen. What should we play though? That's that's the real question. I'm going with the anger and the truth. I'm going with no master race. Unseen coming off the third album, 
the anger, and the truth. But uh, yeah, so it was a good time. Um, after the skeptics, after the ske special duties. All right, so then I caught special duties, hanging out with Jason McNone from um, Violent Society. And uh, he is on tour in special duties, playing drums for them. So uh, we were hanging out with him before their set. And um, I, was, I, I caught the special duty set from upstairs. But then after that, I could not catch the Verruker's Defiance or uh, Slaughter and the Dogs because Renee was literally asleep. <laughs> in um, the like food bar, like they had like a bar f to like order food and it was in like a separate room and I had her in the corner and she was like asleep and Jessica was like nodding and we were all going to Universal the next day and I was like, look people, you need to go home. They couldn't, Renee couldn't talk. Renee couldn't talk at this point. So I dragged them to our Mustang and I threw the top down and um, that was about one of the only times I could really gun it when we were on, like, what is it? Whatever. I don't think it was Route 66. It wasn't. Some other highway. And I was able to gun it because it was the middle of the night. And there are, like, no fucking cops in L.A., apparently. And uh, I will say at the pre-show where I was parked with the Mustang, <laughs> where I was parked, I went to go, like, move it. And I'm seeing like people chasing some dude, and then I see cops pull up on the street, and they're stopping him. Some dude on a bicycle with a case of beer, but there's like witnesses running, like that's that motherfucker, that's that motherfucker. And it's like, what is happening? And then the place is surrounded with cops, and there was helicopters, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna move the car, and then I like moved it closer to the venue anyway. And uh, but not at all, like the East Coast man, not at all with cops and shit, but um, yeah, I, uh, I got to gun it down the highway because there's no speed traps, and I uh, had the engine being all, you know what I mean, with the top down, and uh, yeah, just not while we were on the highway, just sitting on the fucking trunk of the car, you know, like where the hood tucks, roof tucks into, and uh, yeah, but uh, it, it was fun, it was fun, but we had Universal the next day, so I took them home, and I took a shower, and then everybody was there like an hour later, and I went to a little little after party at Tamar's suite because Tamar and Jason are bougie as shit. Yeah, we were at the Ziggy. Yo, that Motel 6, yo, those showers were fucking disgusting. I've been in multiple jails, okay? Like, and they were worse. Like, the, the jails were better than the Motel 6. This was the smallest shower I have ever fucking seen. It was crooked in the side of the wall. Like, I'm not that big of a person. And, like, I had to stand, stand at a very awkward angle to make my shoulders not touch either the wall or the curtain. I don't want to touch my own shower curtain. I definitely won't, don't want to touch some scuffy-ass Motel 6 curtain. Dude, we used to say in crackhead motels, like the travel in, but I think really what it comes down to is how small the shower was. Because like, yes, it was dirty. But if it was dirty and bigger, whatever. But it was just, everything was on top of you. And I was like, disgusting. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it was gross. It was gross. That hotel was not that nice. <laughs> but uh, the Ziggy was gorgeous. Uh, but yeah, 
I don't even remember the rooms of the Ziggy. Did I even sleep? I, I felt like I was there for two, three weeks. I literally, you could ask Jess, I never got any more than three hours of sleep at any time. Never did I sleep for more than three hours. I was usually going to bed at like 4.30 and I was waking up before eight every day. But uh, yes, it was well worth it. Well worth it indeed. I guess we can talk some about Universal before we get out of here. But why don't we play Blank 77 first? So I did a uh, live video of them playing Watch You Drown. I think it came out pretty good. It's on uh, Pogo City Radio's Instagram and all that, at Pogo City Radio. Why don't you guys uh, go check it out from me right up front with Ricardo, Justin, Sean. Here's Blanks up next. Coming off Tanked and Pogo, they've been playing that album all year for the 26th anniversary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've seen a bunch of, um, that started at 40 Fest, and I've seen a bunch of announcements for this year's 40 Fest. Why don't we jump over to Bill's page real quick? I'm Ozzy. Ah, uh, shit, there's Ozzy on my Instagram. Um, we are looking for 40 Fest. I saw a bunch of announcements. Uh, where is it? 40 Ounce Booking Atlanta. Okay. So, uh, 40 Fest 2024 is goddamn four days long. January 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. All ages. Live in Hate City. Hot Atlanta. 40 Ounce Booking Presents. Triangle Fire, Strike First, 
The Street Brats? God damn it. Oh, I'm not going to be able to go to this. Oh, oh, that's some bull. The Broken Cuffs. Crime Time. The War Lovers, our friends from New York. Unwanted Noise. Ah, Copyright Chaos. It's looking to be a good time. Go give... Uh, Go give Bill 40 ounce booking underscore ATL. Go give it a follow. That's where all those announcements are coming from. Looking to be a good time. The fucking street brats. The fucking goddamn fucking street brats. Guess who we're playing up next? The goddamn fucking street brats. I love this was my favorite album of whatever yes whatever year this album. <laughs> came out. This is also one of my favorite albums of all time, Dead End Kids. I figured out how to play this song randomly by ear one day without listening to it. It just came to me, and I played it right out. Fucking love it. One of my all-time favorite songs, Dead End Kids.
Street Rats, Dead End Kids, playing at 2024's 40 Fest, Atlanta, Georgia, in January. Got me bummed now. But, but uh, yeah, me and Rude Girl just be jamming that song all the time. She gets it, too. She be hitting them crashes, like, nothing you can do. She be like, crash, crash, you can do. Me fucking rocking that song out. We got that one down, me and Jess do. Yeah, we do. We can we play that shit all the time. But uh, yes, fucking love the street brats, man. Oh, that makes me think of like ninth or tenth grade, probably tenth grade. But yes, fucking, I saw the street brats at CBGBs. So have fun, Atlanta. I would like to see them in Atlanta. To be honest, I'd much rather see them in like New Jersey or something. But <laughs> I saw them at CBGBs, so blow me. Yes, they threw the singer out, Max. It was a weird situation. They threw the singer of the band out. They didn't like him for some reason. There was definitely some shady shit. The big skinhead bouncers were not a fan of him. <laughs> but I loved him. So, uh, yes. So, after the show, after the after party, woke up bright and early. I think we had our alarm set for... 7.30, drove about 40 minutes to Universal, California. Now, um, I, same thing like I'm going to say about like California, like all nice things, it was great, awesome, but then comparison to other things. Okay, so yeah, Universal was totally awesome. So they have Nintendo World now. Now, I can't understand, before they had Nintendo World, this park is small as shit. There's only seven thrill rides. Like, it's literally like the size of our Dorney Park. Now, don't get me wrong, the rides that are there, they're amazing. They're, they're to the class of, you know, Universal's Florida and Disney Florida and all that. But the park itself is very small. Like there's only like six or seven big roller coasters that go fast. You know what I'm saying? And um, Nintendo World that wouldn't be considered a thrill ride. But Nintendo World was awesome. Um, like for example, the Transformers ride is the exact same. The Minions ride is the exact same. The Simpsons ride, which is one of my favorite rides of all time, is the same. But I love the Simpsons ride. But like there, they don't have. They don't have, like, if you go to Simpsons, Florida, like, the fair, they have, like, a circus. It's, like, twice as big in Florida. And they have the main Simpsons ride, but then they have, like, the ride with the alien where it's, it's kind of like a kid ride, but not like a little kid ride. Like, we went on it. Like, his tentacles fly you up and down and in a circle, you know what I mean? And uh, then they had some other, like, real little kid one. There wasn't as many characters. I didn't see like a Hollywood Walk of Fame, and uh, I guess maybe because the real ones there. But um, Nintendo World, okay, so uh, awesome! You get the forty dollar bracelet, and what it is is you got to play a bunch of mini games. So I enjoy this concept; it was clever. But the games themselves are kind of dumb. There's stuff my kids would have loved. It's really more for a little kid, like. Uh, one of them is like, so they're kind of trying to take them from the game, the one like where you got to hit the pow with the shell. There's a three open pipe, one going up, two going to the sides, and you got to hit it in time till it goes to the center one and then hits the pow button. So you got to like hit a button 
and do this in real life. They got four little mini games like this that would be cool, but they're so they're like four seconds long, and you gotta wait online for that long. And they look cool and everything, but you're like, but why would you do it then? Because the concept is cool, and what it is, you gotta complete these games, and then you get the key. And then once you've acquired three keys, as in beaten three mini games, so you've had to wait on three lines, then you can go to Bowser Jr.'s castle, and then your power bracelet, because you know, you're walking around getting coins, because you do climb on like the castle and shit, and punch the fucking mystery boxes and coin noises, and it's synced to your phone, and it's also synced to a screen in the park, and you can go, and it's your Team Yoshi, Team Mario, and like you see your stats and how many coins you have. And I had, uh, so you get your three keys, then you go in Bowser Jr.'s castle, and it's cool, because now you're like really in the set, and you really feel like you're in the game. And then when you uh, finally get in the room, it's like a, uh, you see a silhouette of yourself, and there's a big screen in front of you, like a movie theater screen that's curved. You see a silhouette, and like they're dropping shells, and the bullet bills at you, and you gotta like swat them away and jump over shit, and so you're acting as if you are Mario, and uh, that was pretty fun. And then after you beat Bowser Jr., you can go to the Bowser mini cart, which if you've been to the Men in Black ride, it's way cooler, but in the same idea of the Men in Black ride at Universal Florida, where you're in like a four-person, six-person car on a track, and um, you have a, like a gun and stuff in your hands. And uh, so what this is, so it's supposed to be the Mario Kart game. And it's real cool, because it's, it's Bowser's Castle. You go through like several levels. You end up in the end on Rainbow Road. But uh, what it is, is you put a Mario, plastic Mario hat on, and you get some goggles. And then what it is, so we're riding on like a track, and we all have a steering wheel. There's some buttons in the steering wheels. But we have like these weird sunglasses in front of us. And that is where the game is. So it's all clear, and they have a real set that looks like Mario that I can physically touch, but I'm sitting in a car, but like a real set, but all of the shells and the bad guys and all of the other racers are all digital renderings that only I can see on the screen that's like sunglasses in front of my face. And the way you aim, so you're shooting with the buttons on the steering wheel. So you're steering. Even though there's four people in a car, we all have our own steering wheel. And you're actually on a track, but it's tracking your steering as if, if, you, if you're steering good or not. And then you have the buttons. And to aim, you just move your head and look. And as you move your head, you'll see different stuff. And then you look at things with your eyes. You press the button on the steering wheel with your finger, and then you shoot them with shells and shit. And it's the race, and uh, you gotta beat Bowser to get the golden mushroom and save Peach and her kingdom, as I did, and she thanked me gratefully. I am a hero. I am sick. I am tired. I had a lot more energy when I started. <laughs> I think I may have taken some medicine and it made me feel better. And now it's wearing off. I bid you good day. I'm gonna leave. 
Then we took a plane flight, and everybody was a bunch of fucking assholes. Everybody hated everybody. We were flying to New Jersey, and apparently everybody on that fucking plane was from New Jersey because they all had an attitude like me, and none of us liked each other. <laughs> and then the flight got delayed and overbooked, and then everybody started stealing everybody's overhead compartments, and then it was like, hey, that's not your overhead compartment. It's like, hey, they stole my overhead compartment. Go talk to the fucking stewardess. And then it's like, oh, wait, I don't need to wait in line. And these two bitches cut us off blatantly. Like, run, cut us off, turn. And we're going to be in line with each other for the next five minutes still. And I'm like, oh, well, Jess, you know how it work. lines work. Some people go to the front. Some people go to the back. Some people go to the middle. There's really just no set way lines work, you know, Jess? So I'm doing that for, like, a minute. <laughs> and Jess is like... They can hear you. I'm like, I know they can hear me. But uh, then, then we're getting off the plane, and it is a nightmare. And um, fucking this, everybody's running out in front of everybody. People are trying to run to the front of the plane. Everybody was from New Jersey. And uh, yeah, so fucking some dude fucking cuts me off getting out of the plane. Hard body, hard body. And I hear him jokingly going to his wife, not knowing I could hear him. Do you know who I am? Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, I'm going to kill this son of a bitch. I'm going to smash his fucking head in with this Ramon skateboard. That's what the fuck I'm going to do. I'm going to bash his fucking skull in with this black and white Ramon's wheel. I'm going to smear his brains on these fucking walls. What I decided to do was as we got out of the little tunnel thing was I just shoved the shit out of him with my shoulder and I got pissed because I dropped my cell phone and I looked like an idiot. It made me mad pissed. But I shoved the shit out of that motherfucker. Mm. Bitches. And then I had a fight with the Uber driver because, he, first of all, Renee's paying like $130 for an Uber. I'm like, Renee, no. No, no, no. I can find an Uber for $90 on my phone. Why is yours $130? And... Uh, but anyway, so this Uber driver gets on the phone, and we could see, and I drove Uber for a long time. I know how the fuck it works. I've been to Newark Airport a trillion times, all right? So when your driver, when it says one minute away, and you're at Newark Airport, and then out of nowhere it says nine minutes away, it means the asshole missed the exit in the, for your, your, your particular landing, whatever the fuck it's called, that thing, your terminal. Okay, so he misses the terminal. He calls us. He tries to say the cops have the road closed. I say I'm standing on the road. The cops do not have the road closed. You need to go to this other terminal. I'm like, I am not going to this other terminal. We can't even go to that section. We'd have to go through security and shit, blah, 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 blah. We are outside on the street, like, and I'm not walking anywhere. Get the fuck over here. And, like, I get off the phone. And then he's trying to text me, I'm here. And it still says he's seven minutes away. But he's trying to say he's here because he doesn't want me to cancel the ride or he wants us to get partially billed if we do. So I get in the app and write, no, motherfucker, you ain't here. Even, like, I wrote that verbatim. And then I said, even the app says you're not here. You're not supposed to text me saying I have arrived. And I canceled the ride. I said, I'm at the pickup location. You are not canceled it. And then we had to wait online for like a half hour 
for a taxi, but this girl had like the craziest ass I've ever seen, and it made me feel better. <laughs> but we're gonna play the dwarves and leave. Bye. Right, that's the dwarves. We're gonna do a little two for Thursday. We got one more for the dwarves coming out. I'm Andrew Bedlam. We're getting out of here. Go to PogoCityHQ.com. Check out what we got going on over there. Bunch of MP3s. Our store. Buy a shirt. Show some support. Give us a follow at Pogo City Radio on all platforms. Here's one more from the dwarves. Party's over.